I want to thank our sponsors, Athletic Greens, who created AG1, one of the most innovative packets of supplements, including 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. These ingredients support your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging. I personally started using Athletic Greens and love the way I feel in the morning after I drink it. And I no longer have energy crashes throughout the day. And the best part is that it's delicious. The founder of Athletic Greens created AG1 because he experienced a ton of gut health and ended up on a complicated and expensive supplement routine to recover. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash yasmine. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash yasmine, Y-A-S-M-E-E-N, to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Hi, my name is Yasmin Terehi, and this is Gateways to Awakening, where we host one-on-one conversations with leading experts in wellness, well-being, and spirituality. Today, I'll be speaking with Estelle Bingham, who's been described as the heart whisperer. She's been supporting others to find more love, purpose, and connection in their lives for over 20 years. She's a fourth-generation psychic and meditator since the age of six years old, having learned transcendental meditation. The journey of the soul has been an integral part of her life since the very beginning. And in her 20s, Estelle followed one of her dreams to become a journalist and TV and radio presenter working for media outlets such as BBC and the Discovery Channel. But the universe had another plan in store, and we're going to talk all about that in this conversation. I was recently in London and had asked several friends who the best psychic in town was, and her name came up. And so I'm so excited. I recently had a reading with her, and we'll talk a little bit about that in the show. All right. So welcome to the show, Estelle. Oh, wow. Amazing. I'm so excited to be here, Yasmin. Thank you for having me. Well, thank you for the work that you do. And just to kick it off, the name Heart Whisperer, what does it mean to be called a Heart Whisperer and what does it mean to live in your heart? Wow. Well, that gives me goosebumps. It gives me goosebumps every time I think about the heart and the heart's place in our evolution, really, in the spiritual journey, being on the planet, being in the body, being human. And for me, it is a mission, really. It's it's my medicine. And it's a way that we really, truly find peace. Peace in the incarnation is through the heart. So the heart is a bridge. You know, we've, we've looked at um, the science. There's a great institute called HeartMath, and they've, they've discovered how the heart, you know, releases oxytocin, but it also, when it is in alignment, the body is in alignment. It's that, it's that heart-brain connection. Um, but really in terms of deep purpose, uh, deep connection, it happens through the heart. The heart is the portal. The heart is the bridge. So for me, it, it's very... Um, you know, I, I always think of Rumi, who, you know, in the, in the Sufi path, 
that was a path of uh, that is a path of the alchemy of the heart. And he he said, if human beings knew their own inner secrets, never would they look elsewhere for seeking happiness, peace, and inner light. And that really sums it up for me. It's it's inside, and and this and the heart is the way. Wow, beautiful. Oh, that Rumi quote <laughs> just brought me chills. Yeah, I mean, it's it's interesting. So you help people connect with their inner guidance, their inner wisdom, and you do it through connecting with their heart. And that's you know how I felt in, in my session and also how your work had been described to me. So uh, I'd love to understand like what you perceive when you are connecting with another person and connecting with their heart. And also, you know, what has kind of just come up um, in some of the, the clients that you work with anecdotally when when it comes to looking at people's hearts? Well, for me, I I often, um, you know, I I went into this originally and, you know, there's a story behind how I've ended ended up being, you know, doing what I do. It's obviously always what I was meant to do. Um, And I would start, I started off really working psychically. And the the psychic work that I did, um, you know, was it was very helpful for people. But what I found that, you know, was missing, there was an absence of this consistent growing of the inner soul life. And, and that really the way to, to meet the destiny is, is through the heart. So that's why it kind of, you know, I was guided to this work. Um, and when I sit down with a client, it's like, it's a, I call it a sort of, it's a bit of a soul intervention. So there's a moment when, you know, and I, I often get people come to me who they're at the crossroads. I mean, that always happens. You know, there's often that healing crisis. It's dark night of the soul or change of job or or divorce or change of country. All of these things that, that bring us to, to great, greater knowing of self. Um, but also sometimes it's, it's this thing of like, having never felt like you've belonged, having never felt really in the body. I see so many people who do not exist in the body and to drop down into the body out of the mind. It's the heart that brings us into that relationship. And so really for long lasting transformation, and that's what I'm interested in. I'm not, I'm not concerned with fleeting transformation or, uh, you know, it's, it's great to, feel like you've had a little bit of a a kind of frequency upgrade but it's like how do we really seed the changes and in the in our lives and obviously we do that through our subconscious thoughts we know that our, our unconscious subconscious thoughts create our conscious reality um but there's also this this way of real wholeness in the lifetime and that comes through the heart and the integration of of what that feels like every day. Wow. And and so, uh, so like, how do you, or I guess, how did you discover this work? And then, you know, what are some of the ways that you can, you create this like lasting transformation? Uh, yeah, I'm just, you know, curious, like, how do you help people specifically? Like, what, you know, if you could tell our audience how they can maybe start connecting with their own hearts and inner wisdom, what would that be? One of the things that, that, you know, every time I, I, I'm humbled by how out of sync we are and how out of uh, tune we are with the language of our hearts, our own hearts. And I'm humbled by how much our hearts hold for us. And so one of the things to really step step back in is to listen daily. And that doesn't have to be, it's not a big, um, it's not all singing or dancing version. You know, it's just 
a very simple way of being with self. So, you know, bringing yourself into your heart energy. And I often say um, it's really useful to keep a heart diary because where we, uh, what we find in the heart is are the layers of, of our, you know, of our lifetime. So we'll find the inner child, the discarded, neglected inner child in, in the heart energy. We'll find the pain and the grief, old grief in the heart energy. And these layers, it, you know, it's we meet them in a new way. We bring them into the light. We, we, we invite them in to the space and alchemize the, the energy. We work with that energy. And so rather than this, this heavy weight that we're just dragging uphill, you know, um, we we have a, a different type of of being in the world. We have a different type way way of of, of existing, and it's uh, it's 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 very um, in comparison to what it felt like before with low level anxiety, with low level depression, with outcomes, you know, going around in circles, outcomes being the same outcomes. We are really able to manifest. So the thing about manifestation is manifestation is it's very powerful. So the idea of, of affirmation, the idea of, of activating the mind is, is to, to reimagine our reality. Very, very powerful. But this entry, this, this, uh, re, um, uh, feeling this, this kind of, this, um, new relationship with the heart brings that manifestation into a really, really deep and long lasting reality. So it's not like, oh, I've, I've just manifested that. It's like, no, I've, I've actually changed my relationship to relationship for life. Mm, that's powerful. Wow. What, what, do you, what do you say to people who are just scared of being vulnerable um, and opening their hearts? You know, what if there's a protective layer there? How do you, how do you work with people through that? We, we are human. And, and in our, our humanity, you know, we suffer and when we uh, have suffered in our childhoods and, and when it hasn't been safe or whatever it is and on the ancestral line, you know, that karmic ancestral meeting place, that crossroads, you know, we bring stuff in from past lives. We bring stuff in from uh, both sides of our families and our immediate story. We have to create barriers to love. We, that, you know, we, we survive. And the, I always say that, that, you know, the lifetime is about, actually recognizing that and returning to the softness, returning to the sweetness, returning to the tenderness, the fragility of being human, allowing that vulnerability, giving permission for that vulnerability to exist. And actually the power is in that vulnerability. The minute you step over the cliff and it feels like an abyss, before you've stepped over, it's like you, you know, it's like asking someone to step into the abyss, like the cavern that has no bottom. But the minute you step forward and you take that that you know correct that that courageous um, that courageous act, you take that courageous step. Everything changes because actually the power is in the vulnerability because we can own that vulnerability and still feel safe in it. The reason why we are so terrified of our own vulnerability is because it hasn't been safe to be vulnerable. That is what we associate we associate vulnerability with pain a trauma uh the story and we get to reimagine and rewrite the story as adults and we we get to create a really safe place for the wholeness the complete 
experience of, uh, and what it feels like to be human. And actually, when it comes to love and, and owning the vulnerability, it's, it changes the experience in a really profound way. Mm. Amazing. Wow. I'm just so moved and touched by your words and just the, the way that you speak. Because I think a lot of uh, conversations are really had in the head, right? Like there's a lot of um, conversations from the mind, not from the heart. Yeah. And it's just very clear talking to you that you're really talking from the heart. Do, do you put your awareness into your heart in order to connect with it? Like what's your kind of day-to-day daily practice for connecting with your heart? You talk, talked a little bit about uh, a, a heart diary. Yeah. Um, so what does that mean? Well, the, the heart diaries is about learning the language, you know, it's a, it's about, we give heart space to speak. So you can just sit down, hold the heart and just, you know, every day, write a few lines, like, how are you feeling? Like, how are you like, allow your heart to speak to you and just give permission. So we're giving permission. So I always sort of see it as like two layers. So like there's the bottom layer and then there's that higher layer. So there's a bottom layer of all the earth stuff, our earth self stuff. And then the higher energy that's really calling us back, you know, our heart yearns, it yearns for us to return. Because when we return to the heart, we really return to the power of the soul. So it's, you know, it can't wait for you to show up. So, you know, people come to see me and it's, they have an override, you know, they, they come with all their defenses and armory and I'm this and I'm that. And these idea, these ego ideas of self and they, and they're, they arrive and they're in floods of tears. They're sobbing and they can't work out why. And the reason why is because there's been a really powerful override. So the heart is in a space, in the therapeutic space, where it's like, hallelujah. Like, it's like, bring it on. Like, it takes a breath and it's like, I can express. And and so the expression, you know, of just allowing heart some space in the lifetime, allowing heart some space in your day, like even five, ten minutes, you know, what are you feeling today? And allowing heart to tell you what it's feeling. I'm grieving today. I'm sad. I'm I'm unsure. I'm afraid. I'm, you know, whatever it is, we just allow that, that to move in to our consciousness and we just give permission, no judgment, just permission. And that's the sort of higher self, like activating the higher self, a place of non-judgment, love, wisdom and compassion so we're really gentle it's like we don't shut our hearts down like oh you're feeling vulnerable oh you're feeling scared oh I just I want to push that down I'm going to stuff that down even more it's like no I invite you in I'm going to hold you safe and I'm going to alchemize you we're going to I'm going to work with you because you are the the most powerful tool I have to to be really peaceful and you know to feel peace wow so Estelle I want to talk a little bit about what it means to be intuitive and what it means to be psychic. Yeah. Um, and you know, how do you how do you see people and how do you evaluate people? For people listening, some of our audience members may be very new to these concepts. Yeah. So I'd love for you to talk about what you see and like what are some of your kind of extrasensory uh, capabilities. Well, first, I want to say to everyone out there, you have the power, and you have the power to be psychic in your own lives. Like this is your birthright. So you know what I often think, what I often see and and, and know in. Uh, you know, in, in a sort of spiritual, in spiritual circles and psychic circles, you know, there can be a lot of like, I'm the healer, I'm the guru, I'm the this, I'm the that. It's like, no, you're the healer and you're your own guru. And you have the power to be psychic in your own life. Like that intuition is so, it's so profound in you. So everyone has that power. Now, not everyone, it's not everyone's 
mission or destiny or purpose to help other people find that in themselves or be psychic for other people, but absolutely for yourself, you can do it. Um, so what I often say to people is, you know, if you if you go back to what it was like when you were a child and, and this that childhood imagination, you know, this limitless uh, creativity, that creative imagination that we had as children to vision, you know, that vision is like divine. Um, but also we were, you know, a lot of us were born empaths. A lot of us have had to deal with that in the world. And like being an empath is actually, you know, you what comes first, the empath, like what comes first, the karma or the lifetime? So you know, if you've been born into a, a traumatic home, you, you've learned to be hypervigilant. And that's actually reading a room. It's actually building that builds psychic ability. Um, what I'm saying is, is that we can all kind of read energy, right? If we give ourselves space and time, we can all read energy. For me, it's been something that I've, I've obviously been able to do from a very early age. Um, and it's, it's something that I was lucky enough in my, my home, that it was not, shut down you know so a lot of people that I know a lot of people I see you know it was shut down due to sort of culturally or religiously or um just you know oh that's uh, that's nonsense that's rubbish like when I was growing up you know even meditating was really wacky um it was like you were really out there but it's it's uh something that you could you you'll, you'll probably tune into in your childhoods and even if you don't like in later life like it can come through in your 20s or you can just you can cultivate it but for me it's it's really um obviously it's my life's work so i i've always been able to read uh people's energy and and get downloads and i get downloads for people so when someone comes to see me and i describe it um, the best way is like when, when people, if you imagine you're in a hospital and between shifts, the doctors leave your notes at the end of the bed and I'll, someone comes to see me and it's like, I'm given their notes. It's like a kind of, their are Akashic records and notes. What, what it is that they need to work with quickly in order to clear the blocks, in order to feel, un, to get unstuck, in order to move forward in, you know, the old stuff, like whatever it is, like we go in, it's like, um, it's kind of precision. It's like very precision. It's very dynamic. Um, and so it, it, it works quite quickly, which is, which is, which is wonderful. Um, but also it, it works to people's, what people can hold as well, because I work with your guides. So, we are of service in your session. I am of service to your soul. And I work with your guides and, and all of my own people. Um, yeah, so it's like a download. I get your soul download, really. Amazing. And, uh, you know, you spoke a little, bit, a little bit about karma. Can you talk to us about, you know, what it is that we're doing here on this earth and what does it mean to have karma? Like, do we all have to play out our karma or do we have choice? Well, you know, the basic understanding of karma sort of from the kind of ancient sort of Hindu script and, you know, and Buddhist, the Buddhist understanding and teachings of karma is, you know, it's a spiritual law. It's a spiritual law of cause and effect. And that is true. It's that there is a, a truth in that. So somewhere, you know, you, your actions will have, uh, it will, will have implications on your karma. But what I believe, and I really, this is for me really clear, is that we in the lifetime, the, the gift is the lifetime. The gift is being able to transform and really alchemize that karma. So there will be things that we, we are given, we are given 
our stories. We are that we, you know, we're given the sacred contracts. Like we do have sacred contracts with certain souls on the planet. You know, we are meant to have that mother, have that father, you know, that twin soul that's just not treating us in, you know, very well or whatever it is, you know, that there are karmic patterns, but we do get to break them. So this idea, the Buddhist idea of, of, uh, you know, the wheel of karma, pain and suffering, I believe that it is painful. Life is painful and the lessons and the journey can be painful. But that is really the, the grist at the mill. It's the salt on the wound. It's the stuff that creates the pearl in the shell. It's the, it is, a, you know, the, there is a gift in the pain and our wounds are the portals. It's a portal to our tra- deepest transformation. And so, yeah, we get to meet the karma. We get to master the life, lifetime. And, and I believe that that that's um that's really the journey that's the fun bit do you have any tools to kind of give us if we're facing a karmic uh sacred contract <laughs> you know do we you know is there something that that we can pay attention to if we feel like we're we're in a karmic relationship or a karmic work situation um rather than one that is more just kind of of integrity or balance i would say this always you know have the humility to to really sit with the pain the the, the pain of, of the pattern right like reflect like be really loving be really compassionate and sit and reflect on that pattern um because there's certain stories that we have we we can have a really deep karmic connection with someone we can meet someone and just be in love and just be in most you know all of that karmic stuff like oh my god I've met this person it's so passionate it's so deep it's so connected I know this person they know me and it's like that may well be the case but it you don't have to then spend the lifetime working out that you don't want to be with this person like you left them in the last lifetime and it's like you can get to brush against that person and see in that moment like this is going to be really too painful for me. I'm choosing to move away. I'm choosing to sidestep this dysfunction, but I see you and I'm grateful for this moment. I see you, but I'm sidestepping this experience because I don't need it again. Okay. Some people need to go round the loop again. Um, when it comes to, you know, I don't know, finding that you're in a situation with the boss that's a bully, you know, you've had the bully since a child, you keep doing that. Those are patterns that, that are really, uh, worth sitting down with and, and really looping back, like finding those, making the connections and, and really giving yourself a break when you do it, like being really compassionate, but seeing the, 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 um, the, 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 the connections between the pattern and then really looking to, to clear and heal the pattern, right? What is your need? Like, what is the need that you have in you to stay imprisoned with the boss that's, that's, uh, a narcissist like why do you keep bringing in the narcissist you know because a parent was a narcissist it's the low self-esteem and so it's like allow the situation to give you the uh the pins in the map like rather than being like oh my god I can't believe I'm here again this is awful I'm awful it's awful like what are the pins like get you get your map the map of the lifetime and put those pins and be really really balanced and really kind and just Oh, okay. There's a there's a theme here. Like I am co-creating something here, and I and I'm going to choose to to remove myself from that karmic story. Mm, I love that. Okay, amazing. <laughs> um, so, what about uh, the moon meditations? That's something that you have talked about a lot on your website. 
Um, can you tell us a little bit more about the relevance of the moon and what is the purpose of working so closely with the moon? We have, a, I think, a new one coming up yeah. uh, this week. There's a new moon in Leo, which is really powerful for like new beginnings. And every new, every, well, you know, it's the, it's the fire. It puts it's a, Leo is a fire, it's a fire sign and brings that real courage and that fierceness to, to our dreams and our ideas and, and asks you to shine your light, you know, shine in your light, be the light. Um, and the reason why I, I work with the moon, actually, I mean, you know, the moon is ancient and obviously from the Mayan times to Egyptian to Celtic to, you know, and, and all of the um, religions and and, uh, and, our, and our culture, our collective consciousness, we look to the celestial bodies to really, again, to, to map the sacredness of our time here on the planet. So to map our time. And really, um, I was in Barbados about 25, 22, 25, 22 between 22 and 25 years ago and I went to a plantation and it was um it was bought by actually uh, an uncle but my ancestors had been on that plantation many many obviously 200 years ago as well but the I could really feel this this strong it's when I got really guided to like work with the moon and it was before the moon was again it wasn't it wasn't no one talked about the moon um and also I was working with crystals at that time and it was, the message was to like really to plant crystals in the earth, to give thanks to the mother, to be in relationship with the mother, mother earth. And it's about cycles. So in, in Celtic culture, like, you know, where, wherever your land is, you know, you start to work with the land. I was obviously born in England. So, you know, and, and my mother's English. So it's, it's, um, but you can, you, we inherit the land wherever we are. And, um, in Celtic culture, it's very, you know, all of the equinoxes are celebrated and the um, same in Buddhist culture and the, and, and the moons, the changes in season. And really, it's about maintaining a sacredness, the sacredness of life and reminding it's a remembrance. So it's really like just a prayer. So it's it's each moon has its own vibration. Each moon brings its own medicine. So if it's a Scorpio full moon or new moon, it'll ask you to look really deep into kind of the cave of self, right? really deep into some of the sort of the sexual blocks or those dark energetic kind of things that we hide from. And it really brings those to the surface. If it's, a, if it's an Aries moon, it's about new projects. So you can harness the power of, of each moon. And really in its simplest form, it's about just remembering twice a month on the new moon and the full moon who we are and where we are where we are and and just kind of realigning like what are my into like what are my intentions today like what are my intentions for the next two weeks what are my intentions for the month for the six months for the year and it just brings us into presence Amazing. Amazing. So your intentions, let's talk a little bit about that. And uh, I have so many more questions about the moon, but uh, I want to actually focus on intention and manifestation because I think a lot of people in our audience are really, really interested in those particular topics. So um, what does it mean to set intention? And then also, are we creating our own reality? Like how much of it is uh, from our our subconscious and our also conscious thoughts? Yeah. So um, again, and this is why, you know, so every full moon, every new moon, it's, it's the new moons, you, you write intentions, uh, the, the full moons, you release what it is you want to let go of. But I believe in like writing intentions all the time or bringing your awareness back to your intentions, back to your manifestation, like every day, like spending a couple of minutes a day 
with that new reality is is will create the new reality okay that is a spiritual law like we understand that you know we've known about that it's that's been around for around for millennia but obviously recently we've had different ways of understanding that so the secret joe dispenser like people talk about the power of uh, the unconscious louise hay to create the conscious our conscious reality and it's a truth okay so when i went from being a secretary at the BBC to like becoming a TV presenter I just I uh, you know the 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 reality like creating that like manifesting something out of nothing has I find that um is something that I I really understand like my soul just understands it, it, it just I don't get in the way of myself and I, I just understand it so it is a truth but then there's this there is this um this thing to think about in terms of intention because if we're not connected writing stuff on a piece of paper gets you nowhere like it's it's you're going through the motions so our intention doesn't have the power of our soul so it doesn't have the power like everything is energy so if it's just coming from the mind then it's going to have obviously a lot less power than if we're really embodied and it's coming from all of us and that's why we go back through the through the heart um we do we do we can create who we want to be, where we want to be, and what we want to be doing. We can co-create that in alignment with all of the energy that exists in the universe. And it's a wellspring out there. So again, that's why the alignment is, it gives that turbo charge, like, you know, turn on the ignition, get in the car, like get out of Dodge, right? Like bring it on. So that feeling of like, you know, I want to fill this up. I don't want to sit here writing intentions in an, you know, in my unconscious, I'm really nervous and anxious and depressed. Um, but and I'm also, I haven't got the turbo charge of like everything aligned and, you know, my ducks in a row and it's like lift off. That's what alignment brings to intention. It, it brings the rocket fuel. And uh, can you talk to us about the alignment piece? Is that just connecting with your heart, connecting and being more grounded in your body? Uh, walk me through, and I know this is so hard sometimes to describe, like this invisible energetic world. It's fine. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's, okay. it's all good. <laughs> yeah. We'll try. We'll do it. Okay. It's great. Okay. Yeah. So if you could, if you could talk us through, like, what does alignment mean energetically to you, and, and how do you, how can our audience start to get there? So um, again, I, I want to bring it back to this simplicity. You know, of just you got this. Okay, so I, I want to bring it back to this thing of like, just begin today by giving permission. That is enough. Like you are already enough, and I believe that. You know, that is a truth. So, so alignment is like I give permission today to be in alignment. And what 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 it means to be in alignment is to feel your feet on the ground. You are grounded. So that is the chakra system, but it's also a real connection to the soul wisdom. Um, it's the awake quality. You know, the Buddhists talk about an awake quality that that is that does reside in the heart. That awake quality, uh, and it's it's an inner wisdom, but. What happens when we're aligned is we're open, we open ourselves up to divine, the divine plug-in. And the divine plug-in for whatever, whatever religion you are, whatever you believe in is, is, you know, we can just, we can just uh, integrate it as, as, as light, you know, it's light energy, but it is source and it exists. So you are 
opening yourself to that infinite source of vibration that is yearning to meet you. And in amongst that, like we also have our guides, we have, you know, we have our family in the light, we have our ancestral family in the light, we have angelic energies, we have a whole host of soul family that are like, let's do this, like we're here for you. When are you going to show up for yourself? Like, when are you going to do it? Like, we are waiting for you. And often we have to be on our knees and we have to be last chance saloon. And it's like, then it cracks open the heart. Then it cracks open this possibility for alignment. And to experience more than, to experience the infinite. But really in the first instance, you know, to to feel uh, the truth, which is we're surrounded by... Uh, energy and we're surrounded by allies we are not alone we are not alone and Estelle do you suggest that people work directly with their their guides like to call on them to to pray what is it once a day I mean how often do you seek the I guess the external invisible world well, I would say so. For me, you know, um, I'm I work very closely with the with the angelic realm, which is a, a realm of light. You know, it's an angelic realm, and everyone can ask for their angels. So again, uh, the angelic the angelics work through. You know, they are they've existed again since millennia. They're in every religion um, and culture. The Native Americans talk about you know beings of light, and so the we can call in the angels. The thing to do is call them in. You call you you call them in uh, in light and love in light and love in light and love. So always three times, and ask in the simplest way for. Sometimes I say the angel of the day, and it's a lovely way to get to know the angels. You just can get a book on the angel of the day, or an angel that you just have a connection with. So Archangel Michael, Gabriel, Metatron, or just your guardian angel, just a being of light. Like I'm just calling in a being of light, in light and love, in light and love, in light and love. Stand by my side, by my left, by my right, behind me, before me, above me, and below me, so that every step I take is in your shadow. Let them come and guide you, and be protected by them ask and and they will come mm. that's so beautiful yeah I'm uh, uh, just thinking about um, the moments in my life uh, that I also just you know ask, asking for prayer and guidance just feels so good you know and I think a lot of people oftentimes we feel like we have to go through everything alone or we have to you know things have to be just so hard and this synchronicity is is really powerful because I, f- I mean, at least for me, I find that when I relax and when I open up and receive, then everything just starts to fall into place. Like this, this idea of acquiring and acquisition and just, you know, pushing against um, oftentimes doesn't get you any closer to what you want. No, so. no. Right. So Estelle, can you tell us about some of the stories of clients that have transformed uh, from sessions with you? And then we'll talk a little bit about our session. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, generally the, you know, transformation happens. It can happen in, wow, so many different ways. So people, you know, come to see me. So someone came to see me today. She'd had one session. Um, and I, of course I get all the influx of, uh, messages are like, I'm blocked. I'm blocked. I've just got a block. It's been here for life, you know? Um, and the first session is, 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 uh, often, you know, it's kind of quite earth breaking, um, because we kind of shatter some, uh, 
about by the stuff that some of the some of the ropes, you know, the, the kind of the some of the chains. We kind of shatter some of those, um, and so firstly, because of what of how the you're witnessed in the session, which is really witnessed in your truth so in your deepest most vulnerable place that the there's that witnessing the witnessing freeze part of of, of, of it just frees us so we're like ah oh, that kind of oh wow like okay it's okay to be in this very very vulnerable place it's it's safe so it's sometimes it's like a door opening a door in the psyche in the house of self that's never been opened and we're in that place together um, and then after that, you know, all sorts of transformations happen. So it, it might be that you get the kind of some suddenly out of nowhere, like someone coming to came today and her husband, she'd been sort of, you know, she'd been in this sort of really stuck place with her husband. And he finally, like the next day, he got offered a, a job. He hasn't been offered a job for 12 years. And it was about him stepping into that and her allowing herself to lean into his um, lean into him in a way that she hadn't been able to. I have clients who, I've got one client who came on the love retreat. She hadn't had sex for 22 years. She's 70. She came on the love retreat and after a week she met a, had, met a, a life partner. A lot of life partners get, you know, people <laughs> stuck in love, you know, um, that the deep one, you know, is, is, is love. Like, do I give myself permission to love and be loved? Like really deeply, really truly. So, you know, a lot of people have those shifts. People are able to um, feel they go from a lifetime of just feeling so alone to not it just disappears, right? Because they get put in contact with their higher selves. They get get in contact with the soul family, like the guides that I was talking about. So suddenly, the the life, the inner world, the inner life, it becomes just this garden of of um, possibility and potential. Um, so really, there are very sort of bespoke shifts, um, but on the level where people, you know, someone came to see me and she had been in a narcissistic relationship for 10 years and she got out and moved out the next day um, and, and everything flowed. So she kind of found a flat, she was able to move into that, that apartment building and she, um, and then she met, she, she met someone else and she's engaged. Like it, it kind of, people make those massive shifts or, you know, and, and um, it's the same with in work. So that's, the, it's kind of like a, a frequency upgrade. It's like a frequency hack. So wherever the person is, they, they will shift in, in a very, in a very specific way that is really necessary for their souls to grow. I love that so much. And Estelle, uh, we could drop in and talk a little bit about our session together. Uh, and so without giving too much personal information, because <laughs> it was, yeah. you know, there was a lot of, I think, vulnerability in our uh, conversation about just like where in the journey of life there were certain blockages and like, you know, how I was feeling. Um, but I think I'd love to talk a little bit about the very end of the reading where you used um, tarot cards yes. and also the last three cards. Um, and I think you had mentioned that you don't use them as much anymore, but, uh, it was a really fun, um, you know, experience to go through that process. Yes. So maybe we could talk a little bit about those like last three cards because they're about the future. And this podcast episode is actually going to be released in a couple months. Yeah. So, um, so who knows what's going to happen in a, a couple months, but, um, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Very exciting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So Estelle, now that we have uh, this tarot card reading, 
um, in front of us. <laughs> yeah. Uh, can we talk a little bit about the right side of the cards, which is about the future and perhaps just walk our audience through what is it, what's playing out here for me? Okay. So just for everyone, you know, anyone who the tarot card enthusiasts out there or anyone who's starting to read cards. I mean, I do love a, a pack of tarot cards and I love Oracle cards. And I obviously used to do the cards all the time, you know, back to back sessions. Um, and so this is a, yeah, this is a Celtic cross. And we've got four cards, as you know, that go up the side. So the one at the bottom of the four cards going up the side is the full card. And that represents, that's, that place represents a sort of, um, a kind of energy for the question, for the whole question. And what you have there is the full, which is you beginning a new cycle. So the full card is the zero card of the major arcana of the pack. The major arcana are the big significant signifiers, um, the big themes of the pack. And then obviously they go into the suits. They go into the uh, hearts or, or, or cups. They go into rods and, or swords. Um, or pentangles or coins. So this full card, this picture of this young person with a little dog snapping at the heels on the edge of the abyss with a little, um, you know, I'm traveling off, I'm on, I'm on a new adventure, I'm on the road, is, is at the end of one cycle and the beginning of another cycle. And it's a wonderful card to have as we, you know, we begin something new so so I think we, we were talking about the fact that you'd moved recently and you know and all of the things that come with that so this is a a wonderful um, validation of that then in the in the the next card up is your environment so it represents the environment and whap bang in the middle of that you've got the king of cups now the king of cups is for people who who don't know the cards cups represent love they're all of that sort of gorgeous kind of love stuff you know obviously you get the light and shade um in all of the packs so some of the love cards aren't so good but the king of cups is representing uh in its most simplest form a man who is offering love so it's a new love story it's a a, a new relationship um it's definitely a love uh, has a love energy to it. So it's, it's really, um, we would say that it's not work. And, and the reason why is because we come to the, when we come to the last card and I'll explain that when I get to it, then the one above that is the moon. And that's the placement of that is represents hopes and fears. So it can either be hopes and it can be, or it can be fears. And you kind of, if you're working psychically with the tarot, you know, you'll get a lot of information. Um, and if you're working sort of technically with the tarot, it's it's kind of obvious sometimes what, which, which is which. So um, here you've got the moon and the moon represents with the two howling sort of dog wolves and the Scorpio and the scorpion in the water and the lunar and the tears. from the, And it's about sort of disillusionment. It's about deceit. It's about sort of... Um, the things that are held in the shadow. So actually, in this case, we've got the doubt. So, and, and you know, it's a great place. We all have doubts, right? So it's a great place in the, in the setting of the cards for your psyche to express its doubts. It doesn't always do it there. Sometimes you, you kind of, you have the hopes rather than the fears. But when we are starting new things, you know, we all feel fear. You know, we have uh, quick we question we it's part of being human it's part of our the frailty of our humanity you know so um there we've got the moon card and then the last card 
For me, I read it as the outcome or the challenge. But that's my very specific spin on the, the way that I read the cards. Mostly traditionally, that would be kind of an outcome. Um, and here you've got the lovers. So that's the the two naked uh, bodies under the moon and uh, under the clouds and under the sun and under a big angel. Um, and it is about really that. So it's, it's about uh, a union. It's about a communion. It's about relationship, new relationship. It's about uh, love, you know, in its physical and spiritual and mental, you know, uh, capacities. And um, that then, if you're reading the cards, you would, you would take the, the king of cups and couple that with the lovers at the end. And so we know then very clearly that it's to do with romance rather than work. Um, and so, so that's our kind of last four, four, four cards there. Amazing. Uh, thanks, Estelle. Yeah. And uh, I'm sure that my mom's going to call me. <laughs> she's she's always so uh, confused about the timing of these of these podcasts because we always record them a, a couple months before we release them. <laughs> so, so, hello, mom. Hello, mom. It's it's all looking <laughs> it's all looking rosy for Yasmin. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's so fun. Uh, so, Estelle, um, what are some of the things that you've seen as an outcome of the pandemic that has kind of changed your perspective on this work? Um, well, the pandemic has, you know, it's had, it's double, it's had a double-edged, uh, what, you know, it's a double-edged sword. It's had, you know, two, it's got an underbelly, two realities to it. You know, what I see in, in young people, um, is, and also young adults, like, you know, people in their twenties and their thirties, but I work with teenagers too. And, there's a lot of social anxiety, you know, going back into the world. It's created a sort of a vacuum. And I really believe we have to rehabilitate from the pandemic. You know, there's this thing of like, oh, the pandemic's over. It's like, no, let's just get real. Like, that was traumatic. It was traumatic. Um, but then there was this other side of uh, this, the time and space it afforded us to just be and to be without distractions, to be without the, the constant filling up of our time in our lives with, you know, the mind chatter. You know, we were really forced to stretch. We were really forced to lean in. You could only go for walks in the park. You could only go, you know, could see very few people. So it was, um, people would meditate. People were like learning yoga. People were like trying to grow. Um, their souls because they were going inwards rather than uh, looking outwards for the distraction, so much distraction that we're bombarded by all day long. And so I feel like that was a real awakening. There was a, there was an awakening part. There was an opening in the pandemic, which, which has been incredible in terms of people wanting to work on themselves and meet themselves in a different way and do the work and, and, and grow in, you know, on the inner planes. Um, and then I also feel like there's this underbelly of trauma too, you know, which then becomes, it's woven into the story as well. So especially with, with younger people, um, they lost really significant, like two significant, two, three years of really significant time. I think when you're older, you've got more life experience, more to go on, but you know, there's, eight-year-olds that develop ticks and you know 
19-year-olds that, that find it really difficult to, to be around people. And, and I think that's going to take a little bit of time. So it was both. It's not either or, it's a, it's a both. Right. And, and also I imagine that people experience a pandemic so differently, right? Whether you were living alone or with a partner or with a family. And so I find that to be most interesting. Like if you were living alone during the pandemic, like how are you reintegrating back into society? And, um, you know, what does that look like? Yeah. I mean, I really feel for you, you know, I really feel for people who spent pandemic alone. It was just, uh, it's, it's really, been really tough and actually I started my moon meditations I, I put them online in during the pandemic and I was doing online meditation satsang just to bring a community you know I think that our communities are so vital they're so fundamental and we know this you know we we've heard this so many times and and um you know indigenous people talk about this you know the power the the life the 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 fundamental desire for us to be in community, to be in a collective, to be connected, to feel empathy and compassion and, and exist together um, and not live these lives where we're, we don't know who we are, where we are living alone in kind of, you know, tower blocks and in, around lots of concrete. Um, it's sort of, and you can do that, but it's like, but how do you also, you know, become, how do you also feel less alone? And um, that just feels really important for us moving forward in terms of in terms of a collect you know in terms of consciousness our interconnectedness you know is vital right yeah absolutely I think that the community piece was just so incredibly poignant um during the pandemic I mean I just I think many of us didn't even realize like how much we had probably taken for granted yeah and uh, I know for myself coming out of the pandemic I am like so 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 focused on making sure that I see my friends as much as I can. Like I'm not going to let work get in the way, and um, and then just also consistently create spaces, really sacred spaces for a community to come together, whether it's through dinner parties or weekend trips. So yes, yeah. <laughs> it's about really re-engaging that, isn't it? It's about really, you know, remembering this kind of weird, strange hiatus that we had, you know, in, in, as the first time in the history of the world that we all sort of came to this crazy standstill. Like, what is that about the karma of the planet? What were we undergoing? Like, it was, it was a, you know, it was a really bizarre time. And um, remembering, so not doing that thing that we can do, which is like emotional amnesia on on sort of trauma, like taking good stuff from that. And, and like you say, re-engaging, like doing the make, doing the dinner parties, the things that were of, of, that mattered to us in the pandemic, that it really, you know, it, it kind of highlighted our relationships and the things that are most important when it comes down to it and, and, and keeping that wisdom, you know, alive. Right, right. Yeah, absolutely. And maybe you could talk a little bit about your residential retreats. Yeah. And uh, yeah, because it's it's something that I was super curious about myself and just the amount of reviews that you got and the way people talked about it. It's just like very intriguing. Yeah. What were you intrigued about there? What what kind of piqued your interest mostly, do you think, Yasmin? Yeah. I mean, I think people's kind of uh, ability to expand and transform and transmute and alchemize in a short period of time. Yeah. Uh, that to me was just profound because I've, I've done a lot of different types of retreats and I don't usually hear people talk about things the way that they did on your site and also just how open their heart felt and how much um, closer they got to their 
to their heart. I think that's just a missing piece that I find in general. If people are not as connected to their hearts, they're sort of connected to themselves or, or they try to connect to themselves on retreat, but not necessarily to their hearts. Yeah. So those retreats have become something quite, quite um, extraordinary in the sense of they have created, uh, there's a, there's a sort of a very powerful holding a container for really the, the a sort of flow of the sacred feminine and the sacred feminine, um, entered my life in my early twenties. And I, I sort of, as part of my growing, I sort of, you know, went in search of the sacred feminine to find the mother before the mother before the mother to find, you know, through my own mother wound. And it's really my, it's, it's the, it's the wound that I, I meet the most in others. Um, and really the sacred feminine really came through at that time and so this the love retreat is not is not about me it's actually it's about the energy that moves into the space and moves into the room and then moves through people it moves through every single person in that space so they feel you know it's it's like it's a non-negotiable so you go from oh like you know whatevs to okay I've just been I've touched into interdimensional space and, and this exists, this is happening, this is real. So it's a, it's a, it's a shamanic angelic experience and that I call, I call it a shamanic, it's a shamanic angelic modality, which is a, a kind of a grounding into the, uh, the, tr- you know, the true sort of shamanic way, which is that groundedness with the earth, but then also a, a, a place of, um, working with the sort of higher realms and really it's the sacred feminine that is hold in that space so I don't do the work the sacred feminine does the work but it's it's um and that's why it's so powerful so someone came on it recently a journalist and she um she really described it as you know she sort of she would never have imagined I don't think that she would feel the presence of the sacred feminine because she was a bit of a cynic and she has and she did so when you do these things that we we sort of hear about or think about or aspire to like when it's real in the lifetime like it's like oh wow like and what happens is the grace that comes from uh feeling the grace of true divine energy or you know the light energy it it really brings you into a very uh, powerful and uh, lifelong, uh, you know, transformational place in, in in your in your life in your in your in your lifetime. So it's kind of like it shifts forever. It's so cool. I definitely want to check that out at some point. You need to come. Yeah, yes. totally. <laughs> and you offer them a couple times a year, so I do, and I'm I'm doing my my. I got very strong uh, guidance. I had to to do to to offer my first men's retreat this year, so I'm I'm doing that in uh, November, and um, I'm really excited about that. So I've done. I'm doing two. I'm doing a. I've done a women's retreat in May. I'm doing another one in October, and I'm doing the men's one in November. And, and next year, I'm planning to do one in Spain or abroad or somewhere where people can come to, you know, uh, from everywhere really. But it, it is, um, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's, it's wonderful work and I'm deeply honored to be facilitating that, that, that work. Wow. 
Amazing. Okay. Well, I am going to put that on my calendar. Yeah. So uh, so we're actually coming up at time, uh, but I have just a couple more questions. Uh, What sort of things have surprised you the most since you've been on this journey? I mean, I feel like you've been in this game for 20 years. You've seen so much. Um, Looking back, like what has surprised you? I think uh, I will say what, what, it's not what surprises me. It's, it's what um, humbles me every single time that I feel um, someone come in. So, so when I'm doing a bespoke one-to-ones or, or I'm working on the retreat and the, and either an angelic energy shows up or a family member shows up and, and I am every time I'm so, um, I'm so humbled by, by the love. Mm. Beautiful. Yeah. Oh, it's so, it's so nice to, to meet someone like you. And, uh, I also just feel so cradled and held in your presence. And I'm sure that a lot of other people feel the same way. So thank you so much for your work. And what do you want to tell our listeners about their wellness and well-being? Like what's sort of your main takeaway? I would say that, that, you know, just in this moment, I would like you to just sit with the power and wisdom and the beauty of your your heart energy and sit for a moment if you can suspend the judgment you know pour away the shame allow give permission be expansive allow heart to speak to you and breathe through you and be with you and I want you to to all also know that you are not alone and there is a journey back to self and it's waiting for you Mm. Oh, so beautiful. Estelle, who inspires you? Um, well, I've been inspired, you know, by, wow, lots, so many teachers along the way. You know, I, I obviously, I, I learned uh, TM when I was really young and I had a great, we used to go to this wonderful meditation center, Transcendental Meditation Center, where I lived in East London. Um, I used to go all the time to kind of satsangs and I was uh, really inspired by the idea of spiritual community. Um, I'm also, you know, I, was, I had a wonderful Sufi teacher, part of a Nashbandi Tarakat, and I found that time and experience deeply inspiring. I'm inspired by my uh, by my my clients. You know, every every step of the way I'm inspired by the courage I'm inspired by the perseverance by um the you know panic and the trust you know the trust that they can move through that panic they can move through that white knuckle and they come back and they do and I'm so inspired by that I'm so you know it's 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 incredible to witness um and I'm inspired actually by my mother, you know, she, she's all the, my family members, you know, she's been a, an interesting, uh, karmic relationship, you know, by the good, the, the, the both sides, the light and the shade of my mother, the, the way that she allowed the psychic interdimensional part of life to really exist in our world. And, you know, she never shut that down. Um, and how she carried her wounds, and I've, I've learned to alchemize those. Um, and also by my son, who is a Taurus and has taught me so much about love. 
Um, so really, it's the it's the day to day interactions that we have that I that inspire me. You know, that remind me of the the divine, remind me of the God. You know, that in 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 people and in you know in the world. Mm, beautiful. And uh, just a special shout out to your son, who's a Taurus like myself. <laughs> yes. <laughs> love a Taurus. Love a Taurus. Absolutely love a Taurus. <laughs> yeah. What's, what's your uh, chart? So I am Aries, I'm Virgo rising, and I am uh, Sagittarius moon. Amazing. Amazing. I'm a Taurus, uh, Cancer rising, and Aquarius moon. Oh, wonderful. So that, Aqua- that Aquarius and that all of your unconscious is, you know, this amazing sort of visionary work you're doing. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, the emotional world is, is connected to the moon. And so that's been so interesting to dive into. And yeah. Yeah. <laughs> amazing. Uh, so Estelle, where can people find you if they want to work with you, if they want to take your workshops or retreats? Uh, do you have space for that right now? Yeah. So I basically, you can find me on Estelle bingham.com and I run retreats you know get onto the list and we, we're going to organize those for 2023 um I am also in the process of writing a book so that's gonna be very exciting uh, so I've just got an agent for that book and you know that's that's coming and um find me on the, on the website and you know get in touch and I'd, I you know I'd love to hear from you Amazing. Okay. And we'll leave your website uh, in the show notes so that people can find you. And I am so excited that you're writing a book. I will be the first to read it. So amazing. (laughs) I'll let you know. Yes. We'll have to do another conversation on the book when it comes out. Fantastic. I'd love that. I'd love that. Amazing. Thank you so much for your time, Estelle. I really, really appreciate it. I know the time difference is uh, a bit, um, I guess, big between Los Angeles and the UK. So I appreciate your time so much. It's been such a pleasure, you know, and yeah, just a joy. So I I really appreciate you having me and um, I look forward to speaking to you soon and seeing you again soon. Much love. Likewise. Likewise, Estelle. Thank you. And for our audience, thanks for joining and for listening in this episode. We learned about how to reconnect with your heart with heart whisperer Estelle Bingham. And you can tune in to Gateways to Awakening, where we host one-on-one conversations with leading experts in wellness, well-being, and spirituality. Thanks again.